Let's do it. Passengers, it's been a little while, but you know what? The boys are back in town, and we've cranked up the bus, and we're headed your direction, gonna pick you up at the next stop and expose you sexually? No, we're gonna expose you to, to the best bad movies on the planet. And this one is kind of kicking off our holiday season that we're gonna dive into. I don't even know. Well, I gotta introduce ourselves first. I'm Rick, in case you didn't know, and the other master of the bus is Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, man? You all ready to rock? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. Ready to rock. Ready to, uh, I'm ready to throw down with uh, some John Micklethor. Yeah. So, this is our Halloween seasonal series. I guess we're going to call it Rocktober because we're going to try to focus on horror movies that have the devil's music in it and uh you know your 80s hair bands which were you know so satanic that uh if you listen to this stuff you were uh you know gonna start hailing satan i guess i don't know um these all fall short to <laughs> trick-or-treat in my opinion <laughs> i was just gonna say dude i was just gonna say man like the uh, the band in Trick or Treat, you know, Sammy Kerr, that's who your parents didn't want you listening to for fear that you would turn your lives over right. to the devil himself. If they had heard you listening to this garbage, they probably wouldn't have given a second <laughs> a second look. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, we got some interesting stuff to, to, to drive you through with this one. Uh, I had... Uh, I guess I haven't seen this in a long time, but uh, in case you haven't seen the the moniker of what we're covering, we are covering one rock and roll nightmare. And uh, this is going to have some special stuff for you. I I guarantee it. But uh, Johnny, when do you think maybe the first time you saw this thing? Oh, um, I went through a phase. Like I had seen movies like Trick or Treat and stuff, but I went through a phase where I was doing nothing but seeking out rock and roll horror films and so you know i was finding a lot of the stuff like terror on tour and i think houseboat horror even had some like rock band in it or or whatever Uh, i can't remember it's been forever but uh i would say i came across this uh, about 15 years ago and wow and i get and when i saw this yeah this is way after this movie had come out i mean 15 years ago we're still in the 2000s um but when i saw this dude i thought it was I thought it was pretty great, but like, it was great for the reasons that directors don't want their movies to remember, be remembered by. Um, because like, I was sitting right. there just noticing all these, <laughs> all you know, just all these technical errors and stuff. And I don't mean I'm not like a snob, but dude, like, 
when you show a parked car for five minutes and nothing else is in the scene, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm going to start picking apart your shit. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's that's the beauty of us walking through this movie and, and uh, really breaking it down for you. Did, did you see this? Did you see this when it first got released? No, no, man. I, I, I did see it in the 90s, a little later on. Uh, you know, it was a kind of a party setting, so I didn't remember a whole lot about it because I just really was like, what are we watching and why are we watching it? <laughs> and uh, never, never, never really revisited it till uh, you kind of brought it up. And I was like, cool. All right. It's been a long time. Maybe it'll hold up. Yeah, it holds up something. It's uh, Dude, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You know what I think this movie is? I mean, once you get to the, the bare bones of it and you get to the very end of the movie, I think this movie was a demo reel for John Micklethorpe trying to get like a uh, Bowflex ad or something. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. Because like it's all leading up to this dude flexing. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the thing is, is if you look on his background, I mean, he started off as a weightlifting champion and all this stuff. So, yeah, man, he wanted to be the next Tony Little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a little short break. We'll be right back after this, folks. Coming right at you. Get out of the way. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, 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 calm down, guys, calm down. I'm trying to record something You heard here. the man. Zip it. Go ahead, Skippy. It's all yours. I appreciate that. Hey, all you podcast listeners out there looking for something crazy to listen to? Well, look no further because it doesn't get any weirder than this show. Hey, what do you mean weird? I'll bust your f***ing skull. But I wasn't talking about you, Louie. I was talking about this show, Rad Movie Rama. I heard that show was dangerous. Yeah, man, I heard that show was hot. Let, let me take it, Skippy. Uh, what this show is is about uh, us looking at movies that are really quite terrible. Come on, man. I, I love these movies. These are some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I like them too because they're going to squeeze somebody's brain out. From 70s grindhouse drive-in classics to VHS explosion of the 80s and the birth of cable TV. It's kind of all covered right here at Red Movie Rama. You can find Rad Movie Rama and all the voices in my head at uh, Legion Podcast or iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube. You got yada yada. Oh yeah, that's Rad Movie Rama. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts under Rick Radio. Oh yeah. And now for our feature presentation. And we're back with Rock and Roll Nightmare from 1987. This movie is also called The Edge of Hell, but I couldn't find where it was called that because it looks like most of the um, art, poster art and stuff I've seen is all from uh, English-speaking countries, and they all say Rock and Roll Nightmare. Well, I was going to say that the copy that I watched... At the beginning of it, that's what it was called instead of Rock and Roll Nightmare. So, oh, okay. Uh, apparently, it had opening credits called that, and 
you know how it is. It's kind of like the Switchblade Sisters story. They they tried to figure out which name worked the best and what made people pull this videotape off the shelf, I guess. And uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, it was. <laughs> I've still I still never seen Switchblade Sisters. I know you tell me I need to. Oh snap! Okay, we're gonna fix that. Okay, yeah, because I I know back when we first started the show, that was one you talked about. Oh yeah, we'll do that in November. All right. <laughs> Hell yeah. So this movie is directed by John Fasano, and from what I can tell, he didn't direct a whole lot. Um, let's see. He he directed seven things, and he kind of got better as he went along, because he ended up doing Zombie Nightmare right after this, which also stars John Micklethor and Tia Carrera. And then he did Black Roses, which will be coming up soon on the show. Oh, yeah. Then after that, Adelaide kind of dropped off. He did a bunch of writing, though. And the writing is stuff like, I mean, he did uh, Another 48 Hours, Darkness Falls, Universal Soldier, The Return. Um, So, I mean, he had some pretty big titles under his belt later in his career. And it looks like he passed away a couple years ago. This movie is written by the main star of the film, John Micklethor, and... I know a lot of people say Michael, but I keep hearing it Mickle, so I'm going to say Mickle. <laughs> it didn't look like Michael. So, this is the only thing he ever wrote, and um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tear into him too much, but this movie is lacking on a plot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, this movie is literally all filler. I mean, it's just like filler until the very end. Um, but it stars. If you can go ahead, I'm going to put air quotes up there. Um, it has a couple people that you might know, like Frank Dietz is in this, and he's actually, he's in a bunch of stuff. I, like, if you look him up, I mean, I don't have his IMDb pulled up in front of me, but I do know he's been in a ton of stuff, just by looking at him. Um, and then John Micklethor, I think, is the only other actor that, you know, went on to do big stuff from the band Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing uh, Ricky and I talked about before we sh- we started this show was, or before this recording actually, was I told him when I reviewed this back in the day on Kruger Nation, it was listed as a horror movie on IMDb, and now it's listed as a comedy, comedy first slash horror, which I think was done retroactively. I think that after the I Am Thor documentary came out and they realized that, you know, this was a cult movie, but it was cult in, like, a The Room kind of way. I think that, yeah, that they went back and, like, no, no, it was always supposed to be funny, guys. <laughs> but Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not buying it. I think the exact same thing, because the movie gets a, a second life, and, oh, no, we, we meant for it to be funny, and, you know, look what, look what happened. I mean, you end up with a 2008 sequel. I mean, it's kind of like the whole story with Samurai Cop. I guess that was, you know, that was supposed to be a, a comedy as well. So, <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny you say that because Samurai Cop, they did do the same thing. They actually listed right. that as a comedy too, as like comedy slash action. I'm like, dude, there was <laughs> nothing in that movie besides the black guy that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> like, oh, I don't man. care who you are. There's no, there's not none of that. None of that crap was written to be uh, like comedy dialogue besides. Oh, actually, dialogue. It was mostly facial expressions. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, your black gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I totally forgot about that. It's great. I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead and uh, go ahead and take off on the movie because uh, 
my notes are kind of all over the place. Oh, yeah, well, mine are too, because that's just kind of how this movie is. But we start off in Canada. Oh, Canada. And uh, we get a bunch of shots of a farmhouse. And mom's in the kitchen. She's cooking. Dave, Dave, dad's upstairs shaving. And the kid's reading some comic books or whatever in his bedroom. And then uh, there's a, yeah, there's a monster in the freezer. <laughs> and it uh, g- grabs the mom. And uh, dad hears her scream. It goes down looking for her. And uh, in the Calista oven, Flockhart there's a... pops out of the oven. Ghost <laughs> <laughs> of Flockhart. <laughs> yeah, it's just a... It's a red skeleton with eyeballs, and it grabs the dad, and the kid sees it all. And uh, then uh, then we get the credits. And during these credits, you get a whole bunch of useless Argento wannabe moving camera shots. I mean, it's like the it's like the steady cam, but it's down low, and it's like you're a rat. You're crawling across the floor and going under the couch. And this goes on for freaking ever. Dude, dude, the the driving scene of just credits oh. is five minutes long. Five oh. minutes well, the, long. The cre- yeah, the credits. And like I said, these shots that you're seeing have nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. And then just like you said, right out of the credits, it's the longest filler scene I think I've ever seen. And we basically watched Beverly D'Angelo drive a van for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do like that the, that they really aren't showing a lot of people in this van, but no, you know, as soon as they they get to their destination, nine people get out. <laughs> and when they're driving along, I mean, the, the music at first that they're listening to sounds kind of cool. It's like early Monte Cruise and stuff, but then Beverly D'Angelo changes the channel, and then it just sounds like some. It sounds like Claudio Simonetti if he had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Claudio Stroconetti. <laughs> Claudio <Stroconetti>. Stroconetti. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. You can tell this is like a guy that's trying to do some kind of goblin music, which throughout all this, the background music that's not a band, you can tell they hired a guy to just throw a little instrumental stuff in there. And he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll rip this goblin song off and I'll rip off tubular bells and I'll rip off the phantasm theme and I'll just come up with some stuff. Oh, there was definitely some, like, tubular bell type stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's straight up plagiarism. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty <laughs> bad. Uh, but like you said, the van gets the destination, and like you said, nine people pop out of this van, and they're going to stay at this farmhouse uh, because they're a rock band, and they want to stay out there to but- rehearse. <laughs> But none of them know why they're there. They're like they all seem so confused when they get out. Like, why are we at this house? I told you guys, this is where we were, we're gonna rock out for the next few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the leader of the band and even the manager to be in there, and none of them know why they're going to this house. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, <laughs> well, no, yeah. because you figure as long as they like focused on all these shots of them driving and stuff, they probably were in there about you know at least quadruple that amount of time and no one asked any questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So they're out here to rehearse. They've taken an old barn and they put a 24 track studio in it, which we will get to later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Be- Beverly D'Angelo says, yeah, we're going to stay here for two months and come up with 10 minutes worth of new music. I'm like 10 minutes. 
You drove to Canada to a farmhouse and go stay there for two months to come up with ten minutes of music, dude. There's there, there's nine people, man. If they if they can only come up with ten minutes of music between nine people for two months, I mean, I'm not going to do that math equation, but that's some like that's this insane, man. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. Uh, if they don't come up with the music, then they lose their advance on the new album. So it's like a it's a a test run for we got to write some new tunes to finish out the album, but we're also getting ready for the world tour or, or <laughs> Canada, whatever they're doing here. <laughs> oh man, they be doing the Wally World tour. Oh, how about when they when they they get out of the van and uh, they're uh, I guess he's their manager, Elton John's their manager, <laughs> and and him and the pro- him and the property manager are having this weird exchange. <laughs> <laughs> the emo Phillips looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> I said uh, with Emo Phillips' hairstyle, looks like he just had sex with a few animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy, he's like, yeah, the 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 people from that record company came out here from RC. So I mean, he's like, he's messing up all these words, like he's just really that dumb. Alice Booper was out here earlier, and he's like, come <laughs> on, man, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we. We get some character development. Is is the character development um, before dinner? Is or or, or like during <laughs> the dinner? All, all during and everything. But we, okay. we, at the beginning, I mean, you as soon as they get out of the van, you realize that the drummer's girlfriend, the drummer, we got to talk about him for a second. Oh my god, he's he's got this terrible Australian accent. I think is what he's going <gasps> for, which Don't he totally loses by the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, by the end of the movie, he's not even talking that way anymore. So it's just like, oh, um, not at all. <laughs> well, that's because the demons don't talk with the shitty Australian accent. Oh. <laughs> he he's he's a terrible actor. He may be the worst actor in this movie, and he's pretty bad. What? And somebody decided to let him try out an accent. <laughs> like, why do you give that to your worst actor? <laughs> Oh, but we meet his girlfriend and she is a complete rich bitch. I mean, she hates the whole idea of staying out there. She hates riding in the van. She hates being there with all the people. She's just beyond all this. And um, at this point, this is where they all go into the house and everybody's finding their rooms. And uh, then Beverly D'Angelo goes back out to lock up the van because there's so many people around, (laughs) which... (laughs) I'm trying to figure this out, too, because they're acting like maybe their instruments and stuff are in the van, so he goes to lock them up. But anyways, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm trying to figure out why he's locking up the van, but it's just a reason to go outside. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And um, yeah, when he goes to lock up the van, somebody just turns on a wind machine. And then, <laughs> then we just we just get some more filler scenes of some storm clouds going over. I was just gonna say, can we can we can we talk about all of the foliage and sky shots throughout the scene? <laughs> like this this turned into totally a freaking pointless. nature video. <laughs> and again, this is where you know I, I keep saying I bring up Argento because there's all these shots that are like frame shots where you know we're showing the outside of the house and the camera moves up into the trees. So it's all these shots, and you can tell this is what he's going for. Is this Argento kind of feel? But it really has no purpose whatsoever in this movie. You're just showing oh, you a farmhouse. 
You said crane shots. I thought maybe he got some birds on camera too. He's <laughs> filming everything else and throwing it in the movie. <laughs> Over uh, here we have a whooping crane. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Uh, so we cut to the band eating supper, and on the floor. obviously the guys yeah, on the floor around a, a very cool 80s table, and uh, obviously the guys are wearing more makeup than the girls are. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> come on, guys. I mean, I know you're in a band and all this, but wearing the makeup while you eat dinner is just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. While they're eating dinner, there's a song playing, and... It goes on forever. It's like the song from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that that is playing in the van while they're driving for twenty minutes. It's <laughs> it's it just it's this one song that won't end. And then and then I don't want to get to the next scene just yet. But spoiler alert: that song's still playing in the next scene. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they carried the boombox to another room to listen to the same damn song. <laughs> <laughs> you know that happens a lot in this movie. I mean, I've got several spots here with that will you know <laughs> that happens pretty often <laughs> and hey if you paid for the songs to be in this movie i guess you're gonna get your money's worth out of them hey man nobody got paid uh, to use these songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true and, and there's even parts where you get this music that they either made you know thor and his band actually made or some other people that they hired to play some band music and then you get the claudio stroke and eddie songs Layered on top of it too at the same time. It's just like, what? Are, what is happening here? But anyways, after they eat, uh, Thor tells everybody, "Hey, let's go tune up our weapons and rehearse." Uh, and then the 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 all the girls, which there's actually a lady in the band too, and uh, but she instead of going and getting ready and set up to play, she decides it's it's her duty to clean the dishes as well. So. She goes in there with the manager, and they're all cleaning up after the deal, and they're all just dancing around the sink, playing who knows what. <laughs> oh, man. You know that that girl? I don't want to be mean or anything, but the, the girl that plays keyboards in this band? Yeah. First first of all, it could easily pass as a dude, but the more the movie <laughs> went, went along, I was thinking she had the face pro, facial profile of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead, like the same jaw. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, you know she she kind of fit into the uh, Evil Dead universe a little bit with, with just she did she, kind of proportion yeah oh yeah yeah totally so there you go we're we're on the same page sounds like hey you know what we got to talk about next though the fact that Thor comes down and yells <laughs> hey we're ready now and let's talk about this outfit we, Thor has this costume change <laughs> for rehearsal. <laughs> And it's this metallic silver leopard jacket that's got tails, and he's wearing some mirror shades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's yeah. just like, dude, dude, we're, you're rehearsing. This is your first time to play in a barn, and you're going all out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, well... I don't even know what to even compare what he's wearing to. Like, it's, I've never seen anything like that in my life. It's almost like even David Lee Roth would look at this thing and go, you know what? Nah. That might be too much. 
But they start jamming on a song called We Live to Rock. Which it took me a long time to figure out that was the name of it because they say rock so many times in it. I didn't know which version of something, something rock that it was. I think I finally figured it out, though. Dude, I I know that, you know, John Micklethor's in a band and his band's actually decent. I mean, I'm not, you know, knocking his real band, but the band practice on Saved by the Bell was more believable than this shit. (laughs) (laughs) These people don't know how to play anything. Yeah. Yeah. You're a drummer. How did you feel about the way that guy was not hitting cymbals? (laughs) Well, I mean, when you're making videos and stuff, I mean, there's all the tricks to, you know, to to play and not really play. The, The bad thing that I saw was a lot of the editing. They didn't know anything about music, so... When you'd hear the bass drum, he'd be hitting the snare. It was all right off. Like, you know, they went by, they went by them moving to the music instead of it actually being in sync with the music. So they were off a half beat throughout the, the whole performance. But it doesn't matter because it breaks into a slow motion drummer scene for some reason. It sounds like he sounds like the band went underwater. And for some reason, this makes the drummer's girlfriend hot. <laughs> hot and bothered. Oh, is it- this is this is the scene though also where you get the uh the the little wiener demon that pops out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's what I got next. While the man is playing, <laughs> we get to see a uh, a miniature penis monster that drools. I don't know what it is he's drooling, but it it goes into somebody's cup. It's the manager's cup. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's really struggling. To, to to do this drooling thing. I mean, it's not like bleh. It's like <laughs> come on, uh, come on now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like when the uh, the drunk girl's dry heaving, and you're like, dude, we got to get her to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> a little one eyed penis monster throwing up in your drink. Yeah, that's uh, and you know what? There's no reason for it. I mean, <laughs> it just it just happens, and you kind of just move on from there. Well, see, the thing is, I've, I've noticed is everything the demons do in this movie is pretty inconsequential because they can literally just shapeshift into people. Like, why would they do anything else? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of whys in this movie. Of why did this even happen? Hey, Johnny, if you're in a band and uh, you moved to this house and you've only been there a couple of hours and you were playing the drums and you broke a stick. <laughs> Where would you put the other drumsticks? Uh, obviously, I'd have my manager put them in the basement. <laughs> in the basement? It totally makes sense. I mean, it's not like the drummer would ever have a stick bag or anything like that with him. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up, dude. The fact that the manager has to go, Elton John has to go down to the basement to grab sticks. I mean, where does this, where does this make sense anywhere? I mean, we cover a lot of crazy crap, but Drummers break drumsticks pretty often. It's it's kind of like dropping your guitar pick. If I drop a guitar pick, oh, man, can you run down to the basement and get me another guitar pick? <laughs> it's Dude. just so stupid. <laughs> but you had to have a reason for the manager to get away, right? Oh, but you know what, though? And I'm guessing- I, I get it. I, I get it now. I understand. He's Australia. He's Australian, so his drumstick is down under. Down under. He's down under. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a really bad joke, but that's better than anything in this movie. (laughs) 
Hey, well, your impression, though, was spot on versus what this guy says in this movie. So <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah, while the manager is going down, down under to get the drumsticks, uh, the drummer's girlfriend shows up. And uh, wow. I mean, she just starts making a move on him, takes her shirt off. And uh, yeah. What do you think about that, Johnny? Hey, man, I'll tell you what, like, I'm not going to complain about any of that stuff in this movie because it was pretty quality. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, the nudity and stuff was pretty quality in it. Um, <laughs> pretty qu- quality nudity. That's what we bring here on the short bus. <laughs> well, the, 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 well, the thing is, though, like, you're watching a movie where the songs are all so wholesome. They're like, take your vitamins and rock. <laughs> you know, they're like, make sure you do the dishes after school, but you got to rock them out. And, and then in the next scene, it's like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how about uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enthralled with this lady, too, because just the way she takes off her shirts. Because she does it <laughs> twice in this movie. And I'm like, nobody takes her shirt off that way. <laughs> no, no one. So, yeah, if you want to know what we're talking about, you actually have to check this out because I would almost say it's like in reverse how you take the shirt off. But, uh, yeah. But anyways, she pulls it off and starts kissing on dude's neck and his shoulder. And and then all of a sudden she turns into an evil dead wannabe creature and pretty much just bites his shoulder off. Oh, yeah, dude. She's just like, it's it's like, it's funny because it's almost cartoonish, the shape she leaves in his shoulder. <laughs> and, but then we cut to upstairs because they hear the manager scream, and the real girlfriend is upstairs with the drummer. So this uh, this other lady was something else, I guess. And, and that's the thing I don't understand is, is you know when you finally see the the true form of the the demons later in the movie, it's like why why do they even bother shape shifting, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, there's a whole bunch of why. Why put the effort? Is it, you know, uh, Evil Dead, they wanted to torment you, right? Here, it's just like they just make bad decisions. They're, they're really the dumbest <laughs> bunch of demons I think I've ever seen. But anyway, anyways, they, they hear the manager scream, and they go to look for him, but they can't find him. And they notice that the van is missing. So they think he's gone to town to find the drumsticks. Well, maybe he couldn't. Maybe he didn't have any sticks and drove to town to buy some. <laughs> You're in freaking Canada in a farmhouse. Where are you going to find drumsticks at whatever time of the day this is? This has got to be, what, 8, 9 o'clock? There ain't nothing open oh, at dude, this time yeah. in Canada. There's like the full moons out and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Lord and mercy. I'm getting too wound well, up. <laughs> well, well, after this, I mean, it's it's nothing but like a bunch of like gratuitous sex scenes <laughs> and it's just basically like all the couples getting to know each other and people who weren't couples becoming a couple but this guy's too tired and uh then they focus a lot more on the Aussie guy again here and yeah they do introduce a demon that never comes back in the movie that's it's like a some kind of witch yeah, yeah. I said, uh, you know, he goes to the bathroom, he's quoting Terminator, and then Lena Ford shows up. <laughs> <laughs> For a split second. And then it, then it turns into this, like, blood-vomiting witch. Yeah, a really bad green rubber demon in a, in a suit. <laughs> it's, I mean, she's wearing, like, you know, like I said, she's just like Lena Ford, man. It's like, you're like, all right, we're going to see something else here. 
no reasoning. She never shows up again, but then she turns into this green monster. It looks like, I don't know, Grandpa Munster wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, he, and uh, the Australian guy, because of this, gets possessed. And if you thought him acting Australian was bad, wait till he tries to act like anything else in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so now he's possessed, and he goes back in the bedroom, and apparently he uh, he's uh, not the best in bed because his girlfriend kind of complains, but uh, when he comes back in there, man, he's rocking it like a caveman! Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a demon. Right. He's got, the, he's got that, that, that wiener demon running through him. <laughs> wiener demon. <laughs> now, that's a band name. <laughs> I was just going to say, dude, <laughs> Johnny Krug and the Wiener Demons. <laughs> yes. We got to make t-shirts for that. <laughs> hey, folks, if you're listening and, and you like short bus and you want some short bus paraphernalia, there you go. We need a Johnny Krug and the Wiener Demon, Wiener Demon t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Send your artwork in to... <laughs> <laughs> Is it right after this that the four groupies show up? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's the middle of the night, and these girls show up that supposedly are the band's fan club, and one of them says she's the president of the fan club, and they got word that the band was in the hometown, and they walk up and knocks the door, but who answers the door? Yep, you got it. The manager. And he lets them in, and then he says, uh, okay, uh, so take off your tops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to get interesting real fast. <laughs> well, oh, doesn't, he say, doesn't he say he wants to see their bazooms? Like, he uses the word bazooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, these demons don't even know how to speak, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's trying to pass them off as, you know, and that's the thing, too. It's like, why? I mean, are these demons like wanting to have sex or is it just, I mean, again, there's no explanation of why. What it is is they think the, the watchers of this movie want to see it, and we do. <laughs> but sometimes we, we like a good explanation of why instead of just, hey, I've never met you before. You've been in my house for 20 seconds. Let's see some boobs. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. But he takes them downstairs, and when the managers lead him down there, you see he's got a big rubber gloved hand. It's green, so it's almost like he's that Grandpa Munster <laughs> creature from earlier. <laughs> and we we cut to the next morning. You got the bass player's wife in here washing dishes. He sneaks up behind her and grabs him a handful. <laughs> and uh, the, the band is about to play, so he has to cool his jets. And uh, during the conversation, uh, he goes to another room and something grabs him and, and pulls him away. So... You don't even see really what happens. It's in another room. And even his wife doesn't notice. But then the same thing kind of grabs her and takes her away, too. So there you go. There's two people going. And we still have no idea what's happening in this movie. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like, are the demons trying to get laid? Are they trying to, like, replace the people who are still living? Or who are the people who they're killing? And why are they killing them? And I don't know. But then it comes to John Micklethorpe wearing my grandma's blouse. And... (laughs) And I'm really confused. Well, I I think after thinking about this, because you know what happens right after the girl is is gone, 
that hand, that rubber glove demon hand comes out and turns the cassette player off. <laughs> oh, that's the, that, that's the star of this movie. That, that's why it was taking them away. It's like, we got to stop this music at whatever cost. Let's get rid of them and hit the stop <laughs> button because this music can suck it. <laughs> well, even the demons only consented to 10 minutes. They weren't going to listen to the same song for 49. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sucking, the band is ready to play again. And, and the, the bass player doesn't show up, so Beverly D'Angelo grabs the bass. And they start... <laughs> I'm sure I meant to put they're pumping out a song, but thanks to uh, voice recognition, it says they start to dumping out a song. That's more accurate. <laughs> called, <laughs> called You Give Me Energy. <laughs> and it like is the song they bring up. Song. Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's again, it's, it's such a weird contrast because these songs are, like you said, they're almost like Archie songs, right? They're Dude, they are super poppy hell, lyrics. Man. I mean, I like but, I said, uh, he's even wearing my grandma's blouse. I mean, they're they're a, they're yeah, nice man. young men. It's it's so weird, man. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the song, they brag about how good the drummer is now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he said, "Yeah, I feel like a new person." <laughs> but, but you know what? Whoopie to do. Nobody gives a crap about the bass player because <laughs> nobody knows where he is. I like how easily he's replaced, too. It's like the, the singer could have played the whole time. So, <laughs> um, After band practice, the, the the drummer who, now at this point, he is 100% ac- accentless. He has no accent. Um, yeah, absolutely. Him, him and uh, his girl walk to the lake, and <laughs> it looks like, dude, it looks like it's like, I don't know, the, I don't know Celsius to Fahrenheit, but it looks like it's easily like 10 degrees outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. And I love the fact that and, she says, wow, how did you find this place? I'm like, hell, he could have looked out the window. It's, <laughs> you can see it from the farm. <laughs> and he says it's a lake, but come on, man. It's just a pond. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and did you notice, though, that like when they're walking out there, there's like just a bunch of like old, like vacant I don't even know. They look like almost yeah. like manhole covers, but or some kind of sewer pipelines or something. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I feel like this was nowhere near that house in real life. Probably not. But <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think it's just the thing of well, we got to get him out alone. So oh yeah, obviously, so she can she can take her clothes off again. But yeah, I mean, so they decide. She says, "So you want to do it out here, out in the wilderness, on the ground, with all the sticks and the leaves?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so they start taking their clothes off again, and she does that thing with that shirt again, man. And she's like, "I'm ready." I'm like, "Crap, man! He, he couldn't even undo his tie by the time she had her shirt off." And um, he says, "Yeah, I'm ready too." And he pulls up his shirt, <laughs> and then a big rubber monster arm busts out of his chest. And it grabs her boob. (laughs) (laughs) Again. What? (laughs) What's what's the significance here? I mean, what's up with these demons and and boobs? I just, I don't, I don't get it. (laughs) Well, and, and also... The, the first time that she was, you know, I mean, she wasn't possessed. The demon was imitating her back when the the manager was in the basement. I mean, 
they all, the dude only had to be lured to like a separate part of the house. You know, what was the point of this demon, the drummer guy, bringing her all the way out here? <laughs> like, yeah, again, it's just that separation, I guess, because because <laughs> while they're out there upstairs, you got the guitar player and Beavis getting it on, and <laughs> and talk about their relationship too, man. Because I said, which I'm surprised because. It seems like every guy in this band has had a crack at her already. So, I mean, it's like, this guy is so naive. I'm like, dude, you could have been nailing her a year ago, looks like. But, I don't know. He's just, uh, he's kind of lame for a guitar player. (laughs) Well, earlier in the movie, I don't know, the first night, not this scene where they finally do get it on, but earlier in the movie when she goes in there and he falls asleep, when she walks into the room, (laughs) he's playing guitar on the bed with, it's not attached to an amp or anything. It's not hooked up. But it's got... It's got like a effects on it and stuff. <laughs> hey, how about when he stops and he puts it down and it keeps playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps playing, man. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you think he's actually playing what you're hearing, but actually it's just in the background and it just kind of matched up. Then he just sets the guitar off to the side and you see her bling, bling, bling. It's like, the, the- yeah. <laughs> They picked a hell of a time to try and edit the movie to match up with the play. <laughs> oh, but yeah, they're getting it on, and they hear the drummer's Shower girlfriend scream. And <laughs> <laughs> but you know they hear the girlfriend scream of the of the drummer's girlfriend scream, and, but they don't care because they're in the middle of something, and they go about their business forever. Man, I've seen porn movies that had sex scenes that were shorter than this. Cool. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> hey, if that's not bad enough, you know what you get after this? Yep. Oh, my God. Another sex scene <laughs> in this shower. Dude, where <laughs> This shower scene <laughs> is never ending. It's probably still happening. <laughs> like, it feels... <laughs> and were they intentionally trying to gross the audience the hell out? Because, like, I don't, know, I don't, need, to, I don't need to see them poking each other in the teeth with their tongues. <laughs> and she reaches around and gives a big handful of, of Thor butt, you know? It's just like, oh. uh. <laughs> Dude, this was like a, this was like a, a dirty French kissing, like, instructional video. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even like, <laughs> like, normal French kissing, man. It was like, they were, they were putting so much emphasis on their tongues and the camera watching their tongues and grabbing his ass. And I'm just like, dude, this is like, this I think they're trying to make me nauseous. I, I really think th- this reminds me a lot of what you heard about Birdemic, the way it was put together. Because if you notice, every time there's a song in this, it's it's from the beginning of the song to the end. You, you, you don't shorten the song down. You just drag the scenes out till it covers the entire song. So this shower song scene goes on while this one terrible song is playing over and over and over and even when it cuts away which we're about to get to the next next scene which is about a five to six minute scene it cuts back to them again and the same song still playing (laughs) 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 oh yeah man this shower scene it it, it's almost a breaking point but uh so guitar player and the keyboard player finally stop you know getting on top of each other they're done for a moment, but it looks like it's going to start heating up again. And then all of a sudden, the keyboard player sees a little boy peeking in the 
door for some reason. Is that supposed to be the kid from the beginning of the movie? That's kind of what I thought. And she kind of says, well, hey, little boy. And he takes off running. They chase after him. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but when it shows the outside shot, which is kind of sped up when he's running, but he falls down oh, dude, <laughs> when he's he, running out. He bites barn. it so hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had I mean, to rewind it's, that. It's a far off shot. Yeah, it's a far off shot, but you see him just go, boom, boom, just nails his head on the ground. It's pretty, it's one of the better things in this movie. <laughs> well, I, I like, I do like that they only had, you know, maybe like three minutes of shooting time with this kid that they couldn't reshoot that one small bit. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use it all, man. Got to use it all. And, uh, <laughs> but they chase him out to the barn and when they get close to him, he starts transforming right in front of him into some kind of planet of the apes reject. <laughs> and he just comes charging at him. And we just see a silhouette on the wall of just a lot of flailing. It is just like, yeah, man, this flailing scene of silhouettes on the wall is about as long as a sex scene, man. It just keeps going. You're like, okay, we got it. We understand. <laughs> oh. And then we cut to supper time. And Thor's upset because he laid out all the cutlery and all the plates, and nobody showed up to eat. And. <laughs> I mean, that's really like his concern. I don't understand. Why's nobody here? Dude, uh, you cannot have a wholesome band practice without a nice wholesome dinner. Right. <laughs> so he picks up the dishes that's left and he goes to the kitchen and he opens the fridge to get himself a Coke. And then the barbecue chicken in the fridge tries to bite him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that puppet. This is the best oh, the puppetry is going to be in this movie, folks. So get, pretty- you know, buckle in. I kind of have to agree, man. This actually looks like this looks like something that would have been in uh, the young ones. Remember, their food would always talk and stuff in the fridge. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. kind of looks like that. <laughs> and then we go upstairs while he's getting him a getting him a coke because he's gonna go he's gonna go write this new love song for the album. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Thor's lady, whose name is Randy, there you go, is washing her hands and then. Uh, there's a scene where I, I thought the movie messed up. So she just freezes for like 30 seconds. I really thought that maybe the tape had stopped or the the, the DVD had stopped because she don't move for the longest time and the music's still playing. I thought, man, this is really weird. <laughs> I don't know if they were just padding it out or what, but then she turns around and she says, oh, well, hi, little boy. What are you doing up here? So you, you kind of get what happens there, too. Uh, we don't get a silhouette this time. But meanwhile, Dave Murray is downstairs writing out some sheet music. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we, we got to talk about this musical notation, man. Because it looks like he's playing tic-tac-toe. <laughs> 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 I mean, it looks like a third grader is writing music notes here. I mean, it's, it's you're like... I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't think he did either. Man. And while he's sitting there writing the greatest epic love song for the new album, uh, he's drinking his Coke and then Penis Monster shows up again. And he's about the height of a coffee table. So he's a little dude. And, he, and the Penis Monster puts his hand on top of the coffee table. Then Dave Murray 
crushes the monster's hand with his Coke can when he just sets it down. And I'm like, man, I mean, a Coke can, if he's already taken, I don't know, two or three drinks out of it, that's not very heavy. I don't know that that would crush a little monster's hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe I'm looking for a little too much realism here. I don't know. <laughs> and I even wrote, I wish I was making this up. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and here's where the budget went for this movie, because we see another creature that shows up. It's some kind of pterodactyl creature. And uh, it, yeah, it sounds like it was the, definitely prehistoric. <laughs> and it sounds like the suction thing that you get at the dentist office when you suck and spit out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally a, a guy just going. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways it 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 mounts down like it's going to take off flying and it's going to fly right at beverly d'angelo and just in time he drops a pencil or something and he bends over to pick it up and the thing just flies and totally misses him and it's supposed to be some kind of comic relief here because the thing's just kind of like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the comedy part of this movie the in only part they intended to be comedy <laughs> And then uh, his girlfriend slash wife, whatever she is, comes back in the room and tells him that everybody in the band is dead. <laughs> and uh, this is this is really where we take the 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 left turn towards Albuquerque with this movie. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo basically tells him, "No, no, they're not dead. They just they just went off somewhere." And uh, then it's like, uh, no, the, they all, they're all in the van. No, the van's outside. It's, it's right out there. And he's trying to piss her off because I think he knows it's not really her. And then we get some oh, kind yeah. of weird Wonder, Wonder Woman transformation where his wife is like a flash of red light and she turns into the stiffest demon I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. Man. <laughs> It, it reminds me nice of. Effect? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which is wrong. It's oh, not yeah. a nice effect, but. <laughs> it's not a nice effect at all. It's pretty terrible. And what's funny about this, I, I kept laughing during from, from here on, really. But uh, <laughs> it reminds me of things that you would see in 80s music videos. Not so much movies, right? Uh, I always think of Judas Priest, uh, Turbo Lover. Because uh, okay. it had those, or locked in. Maybe it's locked in. But anyways, there was those little armature skeletons that were riding motorcycles, but they're all stiff and it's all stop motion stuff. You know, this the quality of this demon is the quality of what they put in music videos at this time that were not really that great. <laughs> uh, well, and, and also, is, I feel like I feel like uh, you got to know your strengths and and uh, effects. Wasn't special effects wasn't the the strength of this movie, and yeah, <laughs> they focus a lot on this this demon. And to be honest, he looks like he would have fell out of Rodan's butt. I mean, he just looks like a Rodan <laughs> turd. <laughs> uh, yeah, he pisses. Oh, yeah, oh Rodan, not Rodan's <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got. Uh, 
So now the demon is ticked off, and uh, and this is where Beverly D'Angelo says, uh, "I'm not who you think I am." <laughs> he gets righteous. He does, and all of a sudden he transforms. I mean, he gets like Albert Einstein hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Aquanet budget is where the that's where they spent the money because I you you folks just need to see a picture of how stiff and large his hair is. It's unreal, man. And you remember the ozone layer? Yeah, this guy killed it (laughs) with with this scene in the movie. Planetoid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's the. uh, what what does he call himself? Intercessor? The intercessor, dude. Hey. I'm the hey, intercessor. Intercessor. <laughs> yeah. And uh <laughs> yeah, man. Somebody turns on a big cyclone fan and like I said, he just turns into a big shirtless version of himself with a cape. <laughs> and I said about five cans of Aquanet in his hair. So yeah, man, this stuff is standing up big time. It's literally like they'll have the camera on him and it's it's literally just him. Dodging random <laughs> shit being thrown at him. Like, yeah, I mean, this demon starts throwing these like these boomerangs at him, but they're like starfish. <laughs> yeah. They got one eye on top of them, but they got like suction cups on the bottom of them, like a like a starfish. And yeah, you got you got wiener just... demons, you got butthole demons, <laughs> and you can tell they're just flinging him at him, and he's trying to dodge them and duck and. He catches some of them and rips them off, and it's just hilarious, man. And again, we've got a song playing, which goes on forever. And like I said, this fight's got to last. We accept the challenge! (laughs) 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 Oh, man. And, I mean, you've got everything going on right here, man. They're basically just locked up like the beginning of a wrestling match where they've grabbed each other's shoulders and they're just spinning around, and the distal lights are flashing. They're literally doing a like Beverly D'Angelo and the Devil are doing a curtsy in one scene. I like they're just yeah, absolutely. It's real slow and yeah, it's it's oh man, it's just bad. Like <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's like you you don't film the boring parts and leave it in the movie. <laughs> oh man! But anyways, D'Angelo gets knocked to the ground, and when he gets up, he gets a great idea. He took it from Johnny from. Uh, Karate Kid, I guess, and decided to sweep the leg. And uh, <laughs> like I said, this demon is so stiff, man. He just he grabs the demons by the leg and it falls on the ground. And from there, it's pretty much a done deal, man. I'm like, now, supposedly this is the demon that's been possessing all these people and doing all these things in the old time. He he brings himself into his own form, but he's stiff as a board. I mean, here's a guy that could change into Lita Ford. A skeleton with eyeballs, all this other stuff. But all you got to do is sweep his leg, and he's pretty much yours. <laughs> and he <laughs> he can't get back up because he's so stiff. But when he finally does get up, then D'Angelo just starts strangling him. I mean, just gets him by the throat and starts squeezing his throat. And then this thing ends just like an episode of Space Ghost where he goes, You win this time, and I'll be back. And then somebody fires off a Roman candle, then the demon disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a Roman candle. 
I'm not kidding. It is a Roman candle. <laughs> like the least, the least dangerous thing outside of a sparkler. But I just, I love the fact of we've gone through this whole song of people grabbing each other, slinging them around, and then he just chokes him out, and he just goes, "I'll get you next time." Really? <laughs> That's where we're going to end this thing. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, by the way, we kind of skipped it, but. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo tells him, hey, there was never anybody here. I made up all those people that were here in this band. We, we're not even a band. There's no band. There's no nothing. I did all that just to trick yeah. you. That that one guy, he was even from, they're all from horror movies that were in my mind. I made them up out of horror movies. I'm like, this is the stupidest idea I think I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> that one guy it's, is it's even from that movie because- where that guy wears a hockey mask. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> Dude, so the thing is, okay, so you realize these demons can do all this stuff that you don't really know the point of, but they're doing it anyway, you know, pretending to be people, luring people away, doing all this. But at the same time, when that revelation happens at the end, you got to wonder, John Micklethorpe, Beverly D'Angelo's like willing all of this crap into existence for the demons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is, it's crazy. It's stupid. (laughs) It is. It's very stupid. You made me sit through 15 bad songs, a seven-minute van ride, just for you to say, oh, none of this is real. (laughs) What are we watching, Seinfeld? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, after the demon disappears with the Roman candle, Beverly D'Angelo walks outside to the graveyard which is almost as long as a scene as the van scene at the beginning. And then he's mumbling something to these tombstones, but they didn't mix it well enough. All you hear is the keyboard, and you just hear him going, you have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> no. And I'm in my mind, I'm going, well, is that where the band's really buried? Maybe they were really there, and he just said that to mess with the demon's head, but they're all dead, and he buried them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's saying, you know, sorry, guys, I guess it's time for me to go solo. I mean, I don't know what's happened here. <laughs> like I've always wanted to do, I'm going solo. So thanks to you dying, I can now do that. And then he walks away and then we get a shot of a house in the suburb and we get those Argento camera angles again. And I guess we're assuming that the demons have picked the next house. But no, we don't. Okay. We don't know that. <laughs> I, I, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, is that what they were implying? Because it, I, it, I don't you, know. you never saw any. It, it was so random. <laughs> it's almost like they said, oh, crap, we left a scene out. <laughs> Remember that one little scene we we're going to show that uh, that that uh, that woman jump, <laughs> jumping out of, the, out of the oven again in the other house? Dang, we forgot to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that, that's, that is no, that is that's the way this movie ends, man. It's uh, it's really something. I, it it really is. It's this is something to be. Able, I've watched this thing three times now to review this, just so I can make some sense of it. <laughs> and it took me an hour to realize that it still doesn't make any sense. That's <laughs> because you're not the intercessor. Yeah, that's right. Thank goodness, dude. We. 
Uh, this movie was shot in seven days, so I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of thought put into it anyway. Holy um, crap! Yeah. That explains a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, and the movie came up ten minutes short, so all of the driving and stuff you see in the movie was added to pad time, which obviously it was added to pad sure. time. But dude, man, they could have they could have done so many things. They could have finished that end scene to pad some time. Yeah. Anything <laughs> besides just a van going down the road in five different angles while a song is just playing for four minutes. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I saw it on YouTube uh, or somebody just, somebody, somebody had put out the video of just the van part. <laughs> so you can just watch <laughs> that scene of the van driving for five minutes with the music. And that's the only thing they put out there. <laughs> Oh, man, some people are just a glutton for punishment, man, and and that yeah. that's definitely, yeah, pretty bad. Uh, any any good lessons you got from this movie? God, uh, I don't know if if you're gonna have sex in a farmhouse in Canada, pick a shorter song. <laughs> um, the only thing I have as a good lesson is. Uh, don't let anybody ever tell you that you have too many shots of the sky and foliage in your movie. Because <laughs> you simply don't. You don't have enough. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is purely a case of just padding this thing up, man. It's just too many of the scenes of the same type of things for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, incredible. What about, uh, what were they thinking, man? Yeah, uh, the whole oh, twist at the end, yeah. The whole twist at the end of him being some, you know, defender of light, you know, coming down to, you know, trick a demon into fighting him, pretty much <laughs> naked. I mean, <laughs> at a farmhouse. You know, <laughs> I just wonder if you know, you know, if God looks at him and goes, you know, I, I like the work you're doing, but could you at least dress the part? <laughs> I mean, if you look through look through the Bible and all the other religious books and look at the people that were fighting for good, none of them were wearing speedos. <laughs> Dude, um, I mean, before the demons even come into the picture of this movie, you you already see all these interactions with band members and stuff. So, like. It just really, and I know they didn't put a lot of thought into it, but really, you're like, was any of that crap real? I mean, at some point, you start thinking that uh, Beverly right. D'Angelo just has like 20 personalities. Right. And, and also, <laughs> did demons did the demons actually kill the people at the beginning of the movie? The family? <laughs> or I mean, yeah, it, it just kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing, right? Well, I kind of thought that like maybe... It wasn't implied, but maybe they meant to imply that the little boy was was uh, Beverly D'Angelo grown up, or you know, when he was little. Yeah, who knows, man? Well, um, it even goes back to to the the guy that's the 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 groundskeeper guy. Is he real? Is he fake too? I mean, somebody <laughs> somebody has to own this house, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the, yeah, the, the whole thing is weird because the roadies, or not the roadies, the, the groupies, the fan club girls that go there, they heard the right. whole band was going to be there. <laughs> yep. 
And, and we never know what even happens to them. We don't know if they died, if they got out, nothing. Yep, nothing. Um, for me, the what were they thinking uh, part of this movie was, you know, I can get past all the unanswered crap and, and the stuff that makes no sense. I can't get past that Australian accent. <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> yeah, thing in this damn movie. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, you said they shot the movie in seven days, so this guy just lucked out. Hey, uh, you got anything going on this week? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not working anywhere. Uh, okay, you want to be in a movie? Sure. Can I do an Australian accent? Sure, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Terrible. What about, how, how would you go about upgrading this movie? Um, soundtrack would help a bunch. I think um, I think the individual background music stuff is fine, even though it's borrowing from a lot of other stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, these these songs, which when we talk about uh, Black Roses, that's one of the things that I think they do a little better job with is the songs are a little bit better than these. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the 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 songs really make you just really lose interest and just the fact of they're practicing (laughs) in a barn and they're acting like they're playing Madison square garden. You know, it's just (laughs) so weird. Uh, But yeah, I would upgrade Uh, the music. I would have shot. I would have just gone back and made some more shots or something to, to fill this movie up instead of, you know, the stuff that we just hang on for so long. Oh yeah, dude. They, they could have done so much with the props, with the the demon hands and stuff. They could have done like you know where sure. they're like, yeah, just doing some crazy, creepy stuff or you know whatever. But um, for me, if well, they you know, just like <laughs> sat down to fine tune the plot a little bit, that would well, be my upgrade. You know, the introduction of the Lita Ford lady. I mean, you could have used this like they do in Black Roses, where dude goes to bed and all of a sudden you know that lady's in his room. Man, you could have used this lady. As almost a, you know, Lady in Lavender, you know, tall man kind of thing, phantasm. Oh, yeah. You know, where she's a another demon that's in the house, even though they're all tied into the same thing. But no, man, she just turns into, you know, uh, Grandpa from the Munsters. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, know, that's, that's pretty accurate. I mean, we just, there's potential here and they just crapped all over it. Oh man, um, we we had talked about it. There's a sequel to this from 2008 called Intercessor, where uh, yeah. the character played by Beverly D'Angelo comes back, and it's just you know because you already know the twist that he's the intercessor. So I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I read the plot synopsis twice, and I, I still don't think I understand it. So maybe the movie will make more sense. Not likely. I have li- <laughs> I have literally seen. People say this is the worst movie ever made, the 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 sequel. So oh yeah, and here's the thing, folks. If you're listening, if you know where there's a copy of this, because we can't find it, <laughs> we've been looking for it. But if anybody knows of a copy that's around, we want to cover it on this show because we're totally interested now. Invested, we're intercessored. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to know if they 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 uh. You know, they they uh, patch up any of the story from this in that movie. I gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say they probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already know the answer to that one. 
Oh, I mean, um, what would you rate this, man? Where would you sit this on the bus? You know what? To me, this is a this movie gets two different ratings, right? I think for just the sheer reason of why it's on this show, I put this on the next to the last seat in the bus. I think it's it's a, <laughs> it's not a great movie to watch by yourself. So it's it's not dead in the last seat, but it's pretty dang close. But on the other side, as a party movie where you get together with a bunch of people and watch this thing, this thing could be a hoot. And I think for that, I'd give it a middle seat. So I, I kind of yeah. get two choices here. Um, I, I would I would generally um, go with just middle for me because this movie is fun and it's you fun. Know, it yeah. does give it, it gives you time to do other things. You know, if you need to, you know, go take a, a ten minute shower and you want the credits to go away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go mow the yard. Are they still riding in the van? Okay, I'll be back by the time it's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I you know I I I think that's uh that's a that's a good place for it, man. I mean, I'm a little hard on it, but it is just that ridiculous. And maybe I'm I'm confusing ridiculousness for badness which it's got plenty of badness too but yeah somewhere oh, no, close it's, in the it's middle bad. it's bad it's yeah. definitely bad <laughs> yeah but it's enjoyable bad right oh yeah well and that's the one thing i've read about Inter- intercessor is that people say that you know in the reviews for that that i've read people say this movie's bad but it's enjoyable intercessor's bad and it's just misery like you're in misery the whole time <laughs> Great. It's like so. we're going to have another Battlefield Earth on our hands. <laughs> but yeah, oh, if anybody's man. got a copy of that and can kind of lead us to where a copy is, we would appreciate it because uh, we definitely want to check it out because, you know, you, you, you don't want to leave it incomplete. we got to finish the story here. And uh, we might even give you a shout out if you can hook us up with a copy. So there you go. <laughs> we're going to take a little short break. We'll be right back. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Hey, you guys! Well, there you go, folks. Uh, hey, if you're a fan of this movie and you think, guys, you've got this all wrong, it's 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 not just comedy. It It is straight-up horror. If that's kind of what you're thinking, then... I hate to tell you, but you're wrong. But anyways, if you're a fan of this movie <laughs> and you love it, hey, more power to you. That's the kind of stuff we like to hear about. And if you've got other movies that you think, hey, you guys think this one doesn't make any sense, here's some more recommendations because that's what makes this show live and breathe, man. So 
feel free to share any uh any other movie ideas or just your love or hatred for this movie. That'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, I just had a thought. Um, What's that? The music by this band, I talked about how it's wholesome and it's just about, you know, about cleaning up your room and all this stuff. <laughs> this band makes the Partridge family look like Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because the band's called the Tritons, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they tried. That's for sure. <laughs> they tried a ton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. This was this was a fun one, man. And and uh, be on the lookout. We're going to try to put out a succession of shows here for this month. And uh, just uh, keep your ears and eyes open because we'll be slinging that uh, starfish with one eye on it at you. Real soon for another episode. <laughs> and that's going to get us our explicit tag is the, the starfish with the eye. <laughs> yep. So get your penis monster ready uh, because we got some more heavy metal monsters coming at you. <laughs> Johnny, you got anything else, man? No, that's that's it, dude. It's good to be back on the bus, man. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Folks, we will see you later. Adios. Peace. Peace.